الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان وبعد باب الصلاة على الميت وتشييعه وحضور دفنه وكراهة اتباع النساء الجنائز قد سبق فضل التشييع It's a chapter regarding the prayer, the funerary prayer over the deceased and the making publicly known uh, that funerary prayer and being present for the burial of the deceased and the dislikeness of women joining the uh, procession, the funeral and burial procession. Nabawi rahimahullah ta'ala says that uh, we have previously discussed the virtue of, uh, of the announcement uh, with regards to the funeral prayer. وعن سيدنا أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من شهد الجنازة حتى يصلى عليها فله قراط ومن شهدها حتى تدفن فله قراطان قيل وما القراطان قال مثل الجبلين العظيمين متفق عليه It's narrated by Sayyidina Abu Hurairah رضي الله تعالى عنه that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said you guys are late. Why are you late? Stand up. Stand both of you. Uh, it's narrated that the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Whoever witnesses a janaza, a funerary prayer, uh, until it is prayed over, meaning until the prayer is complete, that person receives a quantum uh, of reward. And whoever witnesses that uh, uh, funeral uh, until not only is the prayer prayed." But until that person is buried in the ground, that person will receive two quanta of reward. And these companions of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, uh, What are these two quanta that you talk about? Uh, and Rasulullah said, They are uh, the equivalent of two great mountains. So it's a separate, it's a separate uh, uh, sunnah to witness the... The, the, the burial of the dead and it's a separate sunnah to witness the uh, 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 or to partake in the funeral prayer and when I say sunnah I mean it's a sunnah for extra people after those things are taken care of so it's a fard kifaya every Muslim who dies the nearest Muslims that are there to that person are uh, communally responsible that that person be washed and that a janazah be prayed for them uh, and that uh, that person be uh, buried properly uh, according to the rights of the sharia and if the people in the immediate vicinity are un- unable to fulfill that uh, uh, that fard then the ob- obligation of it spreads wider uh, uh, until it, it it gets to the point where somebody can take care of those things for those people um, and likewise it's also a, a a communal obligation to bury the person as well like the like the janaza prayer itself. Um, after the minimum number of people that are ne- necessary for the janaza to take place, and uh, which is three people, and after uh, after the uh, minimum number of people are that are necessary for the washing of the body, and uh, the burial of the body are there, everybody else it's a sunnah for them to attend. 
and there's a great reward for those people who attend. So imagine if the reward is so great for the people who attend on top of what the, the necessary uh, minimum is, then the, it's to be expected that the, the reward of those people who actually tend to, the, uh, um, tend to the burial and the washing and the janazah in such a way that they're the first people responsible to take care of those things, that those people can expect at least 70 times the reward. Uh, and so this is for the, the extra people. It's two qirats, the two mountains worth of, of reward. So if a person cannot make it to the burial, they should at least go to the janazah. But if they have time, you can go, you hitch a ride with someone and go to the burial. The sunnah of going to the burial for the funeral procession is that people who are walking, they go in front of the casket. And people who are or the, the, the box that, that, that the dead is being, the deceased is being transported in. And the people who are uh, driving or riding, they should go behind it. Um, and uh, uh, there are a number of other sunnah. Has anyone here like washed a dead body before? Yeah. And whoever hasn't, you should go to the masjid, go to like Albanian or go to one of the masajid that has a, 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 that has a room for the ghusl and learn how to wash the body. Uh, it's a fard kifaya, again, on the ummah, and there's a great amount of reward in it, and it's a very potent reminder to a person about death while everybody's busy uh, um, working out what the new gossip and what the new scandal is and what the new uh, uh, fad is and what the new sensation is. Uh, go and wash a body, and it puts a lot of those things back into perspective. Uh, and, uh, you know, in summary, what do you do? You have to give the body a complete ghusl. You wash the body uh, uh, the outside this, of the body you wash, you know, you take a sponge and you wash the inside of the mouth and the nostrils if you're able to. The body comes to you in various forms, uh, various states of, 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 of delicateness. So if the body is so delicate that it literally is starting to fall apart, then you, you kind of ease up on it. Otherwise, you give it a, 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 a ghusl as much as, as possible. And you make sure to cover the aura uh, and wash from underneath like a cloth. Uh, or uh, or uh, some barrier, and uh, then uh, afterward, if you see something in the body because people, they have deformities, or people because their illness that they die from, or other problems that they had, they have some sort of deformities, or some sort of blemishes, or imperfections, defects, it's haram to tell anyone ever about those, so you keep, you keep those to yourself. If a person was in good health, though, it's permissible to say, mashallah, that they left in good health, in a good state, <laughs> if you notice that. Um, and then after you're done washing, washing the body, then a, a, a man, it's mustahab for them to be buried in three uh, pieces of cloth, and for a woman in five minimally, but then you, you wrap the person in as many pieces of cloth that are necessary, depending again on the state of the body, uh, and it should be an odd number, and uh, 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 you, know, you should know how to do all of those things. Those things you should, everybody, every Muslim should know how to do all of those things. All of these things, there's a great reward in them. وَعَنْهُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَلَىٰ عَنْهُ أَنَّ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ قَالَ مَنَ اتَّبَعَ جَنَازَةَ مُسْلِمٍ إِيمَانًا وَاحْتِسَابًا وَكَانَ مَعَهُ حَتَّى يُصَلَّ عَلَيْهِ وَيُفْرَغَ مِنْ دَفْنِهَا فَإِنَّهُ يَرْجِعُ مِنَ الْأَجْرِ بِقِرَاطَيْنِ كُلُّ قِرَاطٍ مِثْلُ أُحُدٍ وَمَنْ صَلَّ Rawahu al-Bukhari. It's a hadith of Bukhari, again narrated by Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu, that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, whoever follows the, fu- uh, the, the funeral procession of a Muslim in faith in Allah ta'ala and hope for reward from him, uh, uh, and 
stays with that procession until the procession is buried over and the uh, burial is complete. That person will return home with two quanta of reward. Every quantum uh, is the likeness of the mountain of Uhud. The mountain of Uhud is a, it's, it's a lot. Woman salla alayha thumma raja'a. And the person who prays the janazah and comes back right after praying the janazah, uh, before that person is buried, that person will return with one such quantum of reward. Sayyidatina Ummi Atiyata Radiallahu ta'ala anha Qalat Nuhina Anittiba'al Janaizi Walam Yu'zam Alena Ummu Atiyah Her name is Nusayba Radiallahu ta'ala anha She mentions right Wama'nahu Lam Yushaddad Finnahi Kama Yushaddadu Fil Muharramat uh, um Atiyah uh, uh, Nusayba radiallahu ta'ala anha mentions that we were forbidden from following the funeral procession, meaning women, we the women were forbidden from following the funeral procession, but people were not harsh about that, meaning if a woman f- followed the funeral procession uh, and insisted on going, uh, she was not, and no, she was not like harshly forbidden from doing so. And Nawawi uh, uh, interprets it meaning that the harshness of forbidding someone from doing something haram wasn't was what's meant that it's not haram it's makruh it's just it's better better to stay at home what does makruh mean this is an usuli issue when you say something is makruh in an act of ibadah obviously there's differences of opinion the students of knowledge will read them later but for the rest of us it's important to keep this in mind because we're like oh makruh is not haram makruh means it's 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 disliked uh, linguistically but technically what it means is a uh, there's no reward. There's no reward, nor is there any sin in it. So, for example, if they say, for example, the, the fuqaha say, so for example, makruh to delay isha after after midnight, which means you still have to pray. You'll still get sin for not praying. So, if midnight passed and you haven't prayed yet, you still have to pray. Uh, and the prayer, performing the prayer at that time, will definitely uh, uh, definitely relieve a person of the legal responsibility to have prayed, and relieve them of the punishment for not having prayed. Uh, 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 compared to the one who didn't pray. But making the prayer makruh is something that will make it completely empty of reward. So if uh, the sisters come and they follow the janazah, they will not receive any reward whatsoever. This comes back to another issue. Sister Amida, I think she's in Texas right now, but she, she had, uh, and she just had a, gra- a grand, uh, grandchild, so everybody make dua for her. For her and her daughter, and for the grandchild's uh, uh, safety and well-being, um, she had asked this before because there are so many rewards that are mentioned with regards to going to Jumu'ah or rewards mentioned with regards to praying in congregation, etc. And so she said, "What about the sisters? You know, I know it's superior for them to pray at home alone, uh, um, but what if they want to get that reward? They should, you know, should, can they go to the masjid? And the fact of the matter is that every act of worship in the Sharia, the reward is not mentioned explicitly." There are certain acts of, the, uh, of worship or certain rewards for the acts of worship in Sharia or acts of obedience in the Sharia. The reward is mentioned and certain ones it's not mentioned. Uh, but as an as a, as a overarching rule that, 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 that spreads through the entire Sharia, if you obey the command, you'll receive more reward than not obeying. So for example, there's a reward uh, in, uh, you know, there's so many rewards in going for Hajj, right? There's so many rewards in going for Hajj. 
if a person, for example, they have like one parent that's completely dependent on them and uh, will die if you go and leave them for three weeks, there's no one to take care of them. Person says, oh, I want to go and be, come back like the day my mother bore me and I want to have a sin forgiven for every stone cast at the, at the Jamarat and I want this reward and that reward, all these things that are described in Hajj. That person can know that if the Sharia commands them to stay home and take care of their, their parent, then they'll receive more reward than having gone for Hajj. Why? Because as a rule, always obedience receives a higher reward than not obeying. And I don't say disobedience because disobedience oftentimes is like uh, synonymous with sin. Sometimes the Sharia asks you to do something. For example, it's superior for, for, for a woman to pray uh, Salat in her home. But if she comes to the masjid and prays, it's not like it's, uh, 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 it's haram. In that case, it's not even makruh actually. In certain circumstances, it's not even makruh if, the, if, if, if certain circumstances and certain criteria are met. Still, if she prayed at home, she'll receive more reward. Uh, and even though the reward isn't explicitly mentioned by the Sunnah, we know that ittiba by following the uh, by following the command, you always you always have a higher maqam and a higher reward than uh, 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 than not doing so. Uh, and so don't let the uh, don't let the uh, the mention of rewards be a distraction from this higher from this higher understanding of the Sharia, because this had all these ahadith they mentioned. There's a qirat of ajr for. For a person to pray the janazah and another qirat for the person to stay until the the the, the burial is done, and in fact even there's a, there's a explicit negation of uh, of of sin for if a woman follows the follows the janazah, but it's narrated by the sahabiyat that we were told by Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam not to participate in the in the burial of the of, of the deceased, and so if a person understands that then they'll receive more reward by having not participated in the funeral procession and not participated in the burial. Uh, and this is, this is also important because people, sometimes they feel like they're left out. They're often, they feel like they're left out. And this is, really, honestly, it's a, a, a part of it is just a, a, a it's part of like the, the, the cultural war uh, uh, of like kind of liberal progressive ideology versus Versus, uh, 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 versus like traditional, uh, uh, a traditional like way of living, the only viable way of which that survives to this day is Islam, um, and that is what that is constantly telling women somehow if you're not doing what the men are doing, you're, uh, you're, uh, uh, you know, you're you're less or you're not equal or you're a second class citizen or whatever, right? So, for example, in the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, it comes in it comes in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that when women go for Hajj, they receive the reward of jihad fi sabilillah, or that a, a woman that the 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 difficulties that she experiences in childbirth, she'll receive the reward of jihad fi sabilillah. Now, I'm a guy. I'm going to be like, okay, I just read the hadith, and I want that reward too. So, I'm going to go get an operation and get my gender changed. And I'm going to go and like become like a, a, you know, get some sort of operation so that I can somehow uh, like uh, uh, bear children and give birth to children, however like strange and like unusual and like invasive that operation would be. Yomul Qiyamah, right? This is the inter- This is the important thing, right? Islam is not meant to be taken, you know, like the, the hadith in the Quran and the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. They're not meant to be taken literally because human beings don't talk to each other literally. If someone says, give me a hand, you cut your hand off and hand it to them. That's not what they mean. Uh, oftentimes we have many expressions of speech that are not meant to be taken literally and 
many things we say to one another with the idea that the person has a brain and they're going to understand logically what is the, the proper meaning of this. And that's not being flimsy with your interpretation. That's just part of like the way human beings uh, communicate with one another. So if I did all of that, I have all these kind of strange operations and do all of these things. Um, you know, statistically, it's probably safer. It's probably a safer way of receiving the reward. If I'm going to go out and even say the J word, you know, the feds are going to throw me in jail for life. And then even if I make it to the battlefield, what am I going to like go and fight with Russians or some Russian warplanes or something like they're going to blast me out of the they're going to blast me into a crater into the ground. Right. What am I going to do? Uh, 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 so in in pursuit, so yeah, sure, go and getting a operation downtown at the uh, whatever University of Illinois uh, uh, clinic for whatever gender reassignment surgery. That's actually probably a safer bet. So if I show up Yom Qiyama, I can expect to receive all that reward, right? No, because this is the likeness of someone who gets one point and misses like a whole bunch of other points. So the fact of the matter is everybody, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, made a way of practicing the deen for you, which, which works. If you're rich, if you're poor, if you're a man, if you're a woman, if you're young, if you're old, if you're healthy, if you're not in good health, whatever your situation is, there's an appropriate sunnah for you to be following that comes from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that comes from his companions, that comes from his family, radiallahu ta'ala anhum ajma'een. And you should follow that sunnah rather than wishing to be or in a situation that you're not or be somebody that you're not. Because the problem is this, is that we can bring in this whole identity politics like a hurricane that, mashallah, seems to uh, fuel uh, 90% of the bakwas on Twitter. But uh, uh, the the fact of the matter is, is that whether it's good or bad that, that a certain race gets treated better or worse, or whether it's good or bad that a certain economic demographic gets treated better or worse, or a gender, or whatever. The fact of the matter is that, the, that according to the aqidah of the Muslims, you are who you are and where you are, and in the situation you are on purpose by Allah Ta'ala's choice. And if you think that there's a better place for you to be, then that's like you saying that I've chosen better than what Allah Ta'ala has chosen. And if you're a person on the flip side who has love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when you know that you're in the place you're in because of His having chosen it, because you love Allah ta'ala, you also love His choice as well. And you'll see the beauty in it, you'll see the hikmah in it. That's a very high maqam. I'm not even claiming that I'm in that maqam myself. If I get into a car accident or get a speeding ticket, I'm like, ah, this is horrible. But then I'm like, okay, Allah ta'ala did this, so just be patient. That's the least maqam that if you, have, if you want to say you have iman, at least be patient with it. It's like, okay... I'm upset right now, but Allah Ta'ala chose this and somehow this is going to work out in the end. I don't really know how it's going to work out quite yet, but inshallah it's going to work out one day. So just be, have sabr with it. If you have a high maqam of faith, in fact, rather than having to have sabr with it, you'll rejoice, you'll be happy because you'll see how this is somehow good for you. But if you're not there yet, at least you should have sabr with it because there's no profit in fighting with Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. There's no profit in, in arguing with Allah Ta'ala. There's no... There's, it, you, if you want to do so at your own peril, there's no profit in doing so. That doesn't mean that we're fatalistic regarding things. If you don't want to get a ticket tomorrow, then stop speeding. Don't be like, oh, well, it's Allah's uh, qadr that I'm going to get a ticket. Just go slower next time. But what happened in the past happened. It's done. Uh, uh, so this is a very important, uh, is a very important uh, a few uh, uh, things to keep in mind when understanding these things, understanding this hadith in correct perspective or with a correct perspective. باب استحباب تكثير المصلين على الجنازة وجعل صفوفهم ثلاثة أو أكثر. It's a chapter with regards to the preference to 
having more uh, people join the Janaza prayer uh, uh, rather than less and placing or making their uh, rows, uh, three rows or more. An Sayyidatina Aishata radiallahu ta'ala anha ummil mu'minina qalat qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama ma min mayyitin yusalla alayhi ummatun min al-muslimina yablughuna mi'atan kulluhum yashfa'una lahu illa shuffi'u fihi rawahu muslim uh, uh, Sayyidatuna Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha the mother of the believers narrates that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that there is no deceased person upon whom the funeral prayer is prayed by uh, such a large group of Muslims that they are more than a hundred uh, all of them uh, uh, seeking intercession uh, on behalf of the deceased except for Allah ta'ala will accept their intercession and forgive that person uh, so it is, it's, it's a benefit for the deceased also, for the person uh, that, that goes to the janazah. Not only do they receive reward, but the deceased also benefits from their shafa'ah. And this is a, 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 a great uh, uh, bishara and glad tidings for this ummah, because some people in this ummah are very pious and righteous people. So Allah Ta'ala, a great number of this ummah, Allah Ta'ala will forgive them because of the piety and the righteousness of the pious and the righteous. There are a great number of people Allah Ta'ala will forgive them because of the prayers of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, because of the prayers of the ulama radiallahu ta'ala anhum, and because of the prayers of the Ahlul Bayt of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, because of the prayers of the Salihin, of the righteous, the Dhakirin, because of the prayers of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself, which is the greatest, the greatest shafa'ah, uh, the greatest intercession. Because of the prayers just of people who say, just the regular people of La ilaha illallah, their prayers for one another, a, a great number of people will be forgiven. People who in and of themselves don't deserve forgiveness. Uh, and so it's, it's good we, people should go to one another's janazas and not, not uh, uh, sell short what the La ilaha illallah Allah gave them means. Because we ourselves may be slobs and slouches, but this, this, this da'wah of La ilaha illallah Allah gave us, there's a lot of power in it. Uh, for us to benefit ourselves and others. And if you go to the janazah and that person benefits from it, you'll receive equal, if not more, reward for that as well. Uh, so it's good, not to be, it's good not to be selfish. In fact, some people are particularly irritating people when they die. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know, some of you are like, mashallah, saintly people. There, there's been a couple occasions when someone dies, my heart feels like saying good riddance, but that's not a good thing. As long as you don't say it out loud on your tongue, inshallah, you won't be punished for it. Some of these things are involuntary. If you pray for that person, you have a vested interest in praying for them. Why? Because if they're such a horrible person and Allah forgives them, then inshallah, you have a shot as well. And a person shouldn't forget the possibility that sometimes the people who think everybody is horrible is usually the most horrible of them all. Uh, but uh, even if that person is, it's nope. It's a pretty open shut case. That person's horrible. Uh, 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 if they're forgiven, then then we have a shot as well. وعن سيدنا سيدنا ابن عباس رضي الله تعالى عنهما قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول ما من رجل مسلم يموت فيقوم على جنازته أربعون رجلا لا يشركون بالله شيئا إلا شفعهم الله فيه. Rawahu Muslim. It's a hadith of Muslim from Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbasin radiallahu ta'ala anhu uh, who said that I heard the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say that there is no one who, no Muslim who dies um, and uh, there are 40 people who pray his janazah none of which associate partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except for Allah ta'ala will uh, accept their intercession 
for, uh, uh, with regards to his forgiveness. This is another, this is another interesting thing. In the Hanafi madhab, it's not like this. But according to the Jamhur, the Shaheed fi Sabilillah doesn't receive a janaza. And the reason is that the janaza is a, uh, 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 a shafa'ah, it's an intercession. The people who come to the janaza, the whole point of it is that they make dua for the deceased. And so it's kind of in the form of the prayer, but it's not like the salat in the sense that there's no ruku' and there's no sajda. So it's a, a kind of a ritualized intercession that, that the Muslims do for the person who has passed away. So according to Malik and the other imams, uh, the sh- shaheed fi sabilillah doesn't require the person's intercession, or doesn't require anyone's intercession. And so that's why their body is not washed, uh, and they're, uh, uh, they're buried the way that they are. Uh, and they don't receive a janazah. And this is something even the Hanafis uh, 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 say that the body of the, the shaheed fi sabilillah is not to be washed. It's a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that the shaheed, the person who is a martyr in the path of Allah ta'ala, that person will be resurrected with their, with their wounds fresh. And they will flow with blood which is crimson, red in color, but it will have the, the fragrance of musk. Uh, their wounds and their uh, 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 the in- injuries and damage that they took in the path of Allah Ta'ala, they'll be there, but rather than manifesting in the way they manifested in this world, they'll manifest with some sort of inner reality of the honor. Each of them will be like a badge of honor for that person on the Day of Judgment. Uh, um, and so that person, according to the Jamhur, doesn't receive a, a, doesn't, doesn't receive a janazah. And that person doesn't uh, 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 receive uh, doesn't receive ghusl according to what I understand to be the ijma, according to all of the ulama. Uh, because what? Because the janazah is a shafa'a. So when you go to a janazah, remember that's what it is. You're there to make du'a for that person. You're there to make du'a for that person that Allah Taala uh, 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 forgive that person. قال كان مالك بن هبيرة إذا صلى على الجنازة فتقال الناس عليها جزأهم ثلاثة أجزاء ثم قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من صلى عليه ثلاثة صفوف فقد أوجب رواه أبو داود والترمذي وقال حديث حسن uh, uh, Sayyidina Marthad bin Abdullah al-Yazani Radiyallahu ta'ala anhu Al-Mukanna bi-Abi al-Khair Thiqatun min kibar al-Tabi'een Rahimahullah tabarak wa ta'ala So Marthad bin Abdullah al-Yazani Is one of the uh, upright narrators from the Tabi'een He said Malik bin Hubayra uh, 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 May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on him uh, uh, His name is Khalid bin Muslim al-Sukuni uh, Ol Kindi, and he's a companion of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, who lived in Hims after the Futuhat and in Misr after that, and he uh, uh, died in the days of Marwan bin uh, uh, bin Hakam, uh, the, uh, the the Khalifa of Banu Umayya. Um, he said that when uh, um, he would pray over a janaza, and few people showed up. And this happens, sometimes janazah happens, very few people show up. He said when he prayed over a janazah and few people showed up, he would still make sure to, that, make, sure to make at least three lines in the janazah, even if it's just a couple of people in each line. 
Rather than having one long line, he would at least make three lines. Because he said, I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or he says, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, whoever uh, uh, um, their janazah is prayed over by three lines, uh, that person, uh, it's become obligatory for them. And this, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ojab, when he said it's obligatory, he meant it's obligatory for that person to enter into Jannah. Uh, 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 and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala... Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, 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 bears witness to the truth of his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the hadith of Abu Dawud and Tirmidhi. Babu ma yukra'u fi salati ala al-janazati yukabbiru arba'a takbiratin yata'awadhu ba'da al-ula thumma yakra'u fatihat al-kitab ثم يكبر الثانية ثم يصلى على يصلى على النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فيقول اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد والأفضل أن يتممه بقوله كما صليت على إبراهيم وإلى قوله حميد مجيد ولا يقول ما يفعله كثير من العوام من قراءتهم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما فإنه لا تصح صلاته إذا اقتصر عليه ثم يكبر الثلاثة ويدعو للميت وللمسلمين بما سنذكره من الأحاديث إن شاء الله تعالى ثم يكبر الرابعة يدعو من ومن أحسنه اللهم لا تحرمنا أجره ولا تفتنا بعده واغفر لنا وله والمختار أنه يقول الدعاء في الرابعة خلاف ما يعتداه أكثر الناس لحديث أبي أوفا ابن أبي أوفا عفوا الذي سنذكره إن شاء الله فأما الأدعية المأثورة بعد التكبيرة الثالثة فمنها بعد التكبيرة الثالثة عفوا فمنها and then he'll, uh, he'll go on so he mentions this is the, the chapter with regards to what should be recited in the janazah prayer and so he mentions the Shafi'i opinion, which is essentially that in the, in the, after the first takbir, a person should read the Fatiha, and after the second takbir, the person should read the, the Salat and Salam on the Prophet ﷺ, optimally the one that's read in the Salat, uh, uh, which is Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala Ali Muhammadin kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala Ali Ibrahim innaka hamidun majid, Allahumma barak ala Muhammad ila akhirihi. Uh, uh, and then after that, the person should make dua for the deceased after the third takbir and after the fourth takbir a person should make dua for themselves and for the deceased uh, but this is uh, um, this is the Shafi'i uh, method uh, the, the four madhabs seem to all disagree with one another with regards to how uh, the janazah prayer should be prayed um, and uh, uh, do you mind uh, Brian just like you guys just move some of those uh, arm rests down so we have room that uh, 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 the Hanafi madhab, like you know, uh, the Hanafi and the Maliki madhab, like you know, they uh, um, dislike that the Fatiha should be read in the janazah. And so instead of the Fatiha, the, the Hanafi madhab has the pe- person reciting the, uh, the, the dua al-istifta, uh, 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 subhanakallahumma. وَبِحَمْدِكَ وَتَبَارَكَ اسْمُهُ تَعَالَى جَدُّكَ وَجَلَّ ثَنَاؤُكَ وَلَا إِلَهَ غَيْرُكَ And in the Maliki Madhab, it's the simplest. That's the simplest one. If somebody doesn't remember how to read the janazah, this is the simplest valid way from the ways of the Ahl-Sunnah jamaah of praying the janazah prayer, which is just that between every two takbirs, 
you make dua for the deceased. Between every two takbirs, you make dua for the deceased. Uh, and that's the simplest That's the simplest way That's the, the method of Imam Malik So he has all of these tafasil I don't know if we have any Shafi'is here Or many of them And since it's not a fifth class We're going to go ahead and not Scrutinize the rest of the details he mentions And Sayyidina Abi Abdul Rahman Awfin ibn Malik uh, uh, ففحفظتمن وأعذه من عذاب القبر ومن عذاب النار حتى تمنيت أن أكون أنا ذلك الميت رواه مسلم أبو عبد الرحمن عوف بن مالك رضي الله تعالى عنه he said that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم prayed over a janaza and I heard I heard his dua that he said so someone might say well how are you going to hear the dua if the dua is not said out loud a person, when they say something, right, the, the, the sir, even in the, uh, uh, in the salat, is بتحريك الشفتين واللسان. So a person, you can make out if you're listening, if you're, especially if you're close to someone, you can oftentimes make out what, you know, what a person is saying when they're saying it quietly. And so I said, I made out what the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said. He said, Oh Allah, forgive him. Uh, 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 um, Oh Allah, forgive him and have mercy on him and uh, uh, hold him, uh, 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 um, give, him put, give him a good state and hold him blameless and, and honor him as he comes into the ground uh, uh, and uh, open the, the earth, make it wide and expansive for him uh, and uh, wash him with water and uh, 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 snow and... Uh, um, Barad is like ice and snow. I, I don't I, I have to look that up, I'll get back to you next time. Does any of you mashallah good students of knowledge know what Barad means exactly? If there's a Qamus, look, look, see if there's a Qamus over here, you can look it up. There must be a copy of Hansver sitting here somewhere. Not Bard. This is one thing I, I see a lot of people reading the du'as, Bard. It's Bard, yani bi tahrik al-ra. Inshallah, we'll come back to that next week. No shame in saying I don't know, right? Okay. Uh, um, and clean, clean, clean him from his sins, cleanse him from his sins. Uh, uh, like a, 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 a piece of white cloth is cleansed from uh, from from stain. Uh, why? Because the white cloth is it's the hardest. You have to clean it. You have to, you have to put the most effort into cleaning it. And when it's clean, it's not like you know you can't you can't tell there's a stain left behind. But that person should be cleaned so thoroughly, cleansed so thoroughly and so completely. And trade for for him uh, a, a house better than the house that he left behind and a, a folk better than the folk he left behind, and a wife better than the wife he left behind, 
uh, and enter them into Jannah and uh, protect them from the fire, uh, sorry, from the, from the torment of the grave and from the torment of the fire. He said that I heard Rasulullah making all of this dua for the person uh, until uh, uh, I wish that I was the one who had died and Rasulullah made that dua for me. These du'as are easy to memorize. They don't. They're not that long. You know, the the janaza is valid without without them. You just say Allah mafir lahu or something simple like that. But the but these are easy to memorize. There's a lot of barakah in them as well. Uh, so because a person should love the kalam of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam better than their own, they should love the speech of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam better than than their own speech. وعن سيدنا أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه وأبي قتادة وأبي إبراهيم الأشهلي عن أبيه وأبوه صحابي عن عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه صلى على جنازة فقال اللهم اغفر لحينا وميتنا وصغيرنا وكبيرنا وذكرنا وأنثانا وشاهدنا وغائبنا اللهم من أحييته منا فأحيه على الإسلام ومن توفيته منا فتوفه على الإيمان اللهم لا تحرمنا أجره ولا تفتنا بعده رواه الترمذي من رواية أبي هريرة والأشهلي ورواه أبو داود من رواية أبي هريرة وأبي قتادة قال الحاكم حديث أبي هريرة صحيح على شرط البخاري ومسلم وقال الترمذي قال البخاري أجمع رواياتي هذا الباب رواية الأشهلي قال البخاري أصح شيء في الباب حديث عوف بن مالك رضي الله تعالى عنهم أبو هريرة narrates the same hadith and أبو قتادة narrates the same hadith and Abu Ibrahim Al-Ashhali narrates the same hadith from his father. And his father is a Sahabi radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Uh, from the Messenger, from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that he prayed over a janazah. And when he did, he, he uh, made the dua, uh, O oh Allah, forgive our living and our deceased and our uh, uh, small ones and our great ones. Uh, and I assume that, that means age, the young ones and the elders and our uh, uh, males and our females, and those who are present and those who are absent. O oh Allah, whoever you gave life to amongst us, give them life on the deen of Islam, and whoever you take away uh, uh, from amongst us, then uh, uh, take them away in the state of, of faith. O oh Allah, do not uh, uh, deprive, of, uh, deprive us of their reward, and don't punish us after they leave. The idea is what is that there are some pious people, their very presence is a protection for the, for the people from, from punishment and from, from uh, 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 trials and tribulations. So a person should make that dua, especially when the pious pass away, that Allahumma la tahrimna ajrahu wa la taftinna ba'dahu. Ya Allah, don't deprive us of the reward that you gave to them uh, and don't, uh, 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 don't, don't punish us or try us after they leave. So, Nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, that uh, um, the riwayah of Abu Huraira and, and uh, uh, Abu Ibrahim al-Ashhali, both of these are narrated by uh, uh, Tirmidhi. And Abu Dawood narrates the riwayah of Abu Huraira and Abu Qatada. So Tirmidhi narrates the, the narrators one and three, their narration. And uh, um, uh, uh, Abu Dawood narrates one and two. Hakim, rahimullah ta'ala, Hakim al-Naysapuri, 
uh, he uh, comments with regards to the authenticity of these narrations that the hadith of of, of Abu Huraira is authentic uh, uh, to the to the standard of Bukhari and Muslim, even though it's not narrated in Bukhari and Muslim. But he says that it's authentic to the standard of Bukhari and Muslim. And Tirmidhi says that Bukhari said that the 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 narration which is most complete out of all of these is the third one, which is uh, Abu Ibrahim al Ashali from his father. And Bukhari says that the most the, the one with the strongest chain of narration. Uh, out of all of these hadiths that were mentioned was the first one, the one we re- mentioned before this, which is narrated by Auth uh, bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhum. وعن سيدنا أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول إذا صليتم على الميت فأخلصوا له الدعاء رواه أبو داود Abu Hurairah who narrates that he, I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say uh, when, you, when you pray uh, over the deceased, when you pray the janazah prayer then be sincere, then be sincere in your prayers for them and this has to do, this also links up with another uh, masla, uh, another mas'ala of fiqh which is who has the most right to uh, who has the most right to pray over the, the janazah to lead the prayer of the janazah and Abu Hanifa's madhab, my understanding is that, uh, uh, that, that the, the, the ratib, the imam who is the regular imam of the masjid, uh, it's most proper for them to lead the prayer because that's the, the thing that's closest to uh, maintaining order. Um, but uh, uh, Imam uh, uh, Malik and uh, uh, some of the other imams, they say that the next of kin is the one who has the most right to lead the janazah prayer the reason is that that person will be the most sincere in their, their prayers for the deceased. And uh, uh, that's the, the, the commandment of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this hadith that he said that, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu said, I heard the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say, if you pray over the deceased, then, then be sincere in your prayers. So a person who knows the deceased will have an easier time uh, praying with sincerity over them than somebody who doesn't know him. وَعَنْهُ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فِي الصَّلَاةِ عَلَى الْجَنَازَةِ اللَّهُمَّ أَنْتَ رَبُّهَا وَأَنْتَ خَلَقْتَهَا وَأَنْتَ هَدَيْتَهَا لِلْإِسْلَامِ وَأَنْتَ قَبَضْتَ رُوحَهَا وَأَنْتَ أَعْلَمُ بِسِرِّهَا وَعَلَانِيَتِهَا جِئْنَا شُفَعَاءَ لَهُ uh, so Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he it's narrated by Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu that he said with uh, said over a prayer uh, a janazah prayer oh Allah you're the one who created it and uh, so you're the you're the Lord of it, and you're the one who created it, and you're the one who who guided it to Islam, and you're the one who took back its 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 spirit, meaning this nafs this this nafs that that just died, and you're the one who knows uh, f- best with regards to its secret and with regards to uh, what it did publicly. Ya Allah, we've come to you interceding uh, on his behalf, so forgive him. وعن وعن واثلة ابن ابن الأشقاعي 
رضي الله تعالى عنه قال صلى بنا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم على رجل من المسلمين فسمعته يقول اللهم إن فلان ابن فلان في ذمتك وحبل جوارك فقه من فتنة القبر وعذابه وأنت أهل الوفاء والحمد اللهم اللهم اغفر له وارحمه إنك أنت الغفور الرحيم رواه أبو داود واثلة بن الأشقع narrates that Rasulullah led us in the, the funeral prayer over a, a man from the Muslims and I heard him say oh Allah so and so uh, is now entered into your responsibility uh, 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 or into your care protection um, and has now become your he's gone to be with you uh, 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 so protect him from or from the uh, punishment of the grave and from its torments uh, uh, you are the one who uh, it's worthy of you to fulfill your uh, uh, fulf- to fulfill your uh, uh, um, Wafa is to be true to some someone or something, that that that, that to, to fulfill your you're the you're the one who it befits you uh, uh, the, uh, loyalty and 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 praise. Meaning the person was your on your dean, uh, 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 and so so this is your this is your right that you should also recompense the one who 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 was on your dean. Um, oh Allah, uh, forgive him and have mercy on him. Uh, because indeed you are the for, for all-forgiving and all the, the all-merciful. وَعَنْ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ بْنِ أَبِي أُوْفَى رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَنْهُمَا أَنَّهُ كَبَّرَ عَلَى جَنَازَةِ بْنَتٍ لَهُ أَرْبَعَ تَكْبِيرَاتٍ فَقَامَ بَعْدَ الرَّابِعَةِ كَقَدْرِ مَا بَيْنَ التَّكْبِيرَتَيْنِ يَسْتَغْفِرُ لَهَا وَيَدْعُ ثُمَّ قَالَ كَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ هكذا. Uh, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abi Ofa, may Allah Ta'ala be pleased with both of them, uh, uh, um, that he uh, recited four takbirs over the janazah of his daughter, uh, uh, and uh, uh, in the janazah of a daughter of his. And uh, um, after the fourth, b- between the fourth and between the salam, there was a pause which was similar in length to the pause between each of the other two takbirs. And uh, uh, in, in between both of them, he sought forgiveness for her and he prayed for her and, and he made dua for her. Um, and then after, after the janazah, he said, this is what I saw Rasulullah wasallam doing. This is how I saw him pray the janazah. There's a difference of opinion between the ulama that the, between the fourth takbir and the salam is there dua or not. Uh, um, the Maliki books mention that that uh, that that there's a lesser opinion that that, that that it's okay to do so, but it's the the more proper opinion is that you just read the fourth takbir and then you say salam. Allah knows best. وفي رواية كبر أربعا فمكث ساعة حتى ظننا أنه سيكبر خمسا ثم سلم عن يمينه وعن شماله فلما انصرف قلنا له ما هذا فقال إني لا أزيدكم أزيدكم عفوا على ما رأيت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يصنعه 
وقال هكذا صنع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم رواه الحاكم وقال حديث صحيح. In a different narration, uh, uh, it's mentioned that he uh, said the takbir four times, and uh, uh, um, after the fourth, he paused for such a long time that we thought, is he going to say a fifth takbir? What's going on? Um, but then he said salam to his right and to his left. And uh, when we uh, uh, when we were about to leave from that place, we asked him, why did you pause for such a long time? Uh, he said that, uh, indeed, I, 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 don't, uh, I didn't add anything to what you saw uh, over uh, what I saw the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam do. Uh, uh, or he said, this is the way I saw the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam do this. So the hadith itself, I guess Imam Nawawi brings it to uh, um, kind of as a proof for his preference that there should be dua between the fourth and fifth over the fourth takbir and the salam. Um, I would I would say for the, the the I would say you know kind of as a as a, a counter to that that just the fact that everybody who's in the janazah never saw that before seems to indicate that that wasn't the common practice. Allah knows best. Babu al-Isra'i bil-janazati The chapter regarding the uh, sunnah of reading the janazah quickly, not, not taking a long time. وَعَنْ أَبِي هُرَيْرَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَلَىٰ عَنْهُ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ قَالَ أَسْرِعُوا بِالْجَنَازَةِ فَإِنْ تَكُوا صَالِحَةً فَخَيْرٌ تُقَدِّمُونَهَا إِلَيْهِ وَإِنْ تَكُوا سِوَى ذَلِكَ فَالشَّرٌ تَضَعُونَهُ مُتَفَقٌ عَلَيْهِ وَفِي رِوَاعَةٍ لِمُسْلِمٍ فَخَيْرٌ تُقَدِّمُونَهَا عَلَيْهِ Abu Hurairah رضي الله تعالى عنه narrates that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said quickly, quickly pray the janazas after a person dies and then by extension bury that person as well because if that soul was a righteous one then uh, there's good that you're uh, putting them forth to. <coughs> you're sending them forth to good. When they enter into the grave, they'll, they'll, be, they'll receive benefit. And if that soul was other than uh, as was described, then that, pers- that, that soul is evil, and it's better to get them off of your, off of your necks. Just get rid of them. Um, and this is something, obviously, in this country, it's not always possible to get the person buried. But the idea is that a person should be buried in the day that, they're, they're, uh, that they die, in the first daylight hours that they die. So if they die in the night, then you wait until the daylight hours of the next day. If they die during the day and there's still enough time to do everything and then get the person into the ground, they should be buried the same day. Uh, sometimes people can't do that because, of, because we live in a, a country that, of people who are not you know, familiar so familiar with the laws of the Sharia, or in many cases don't care, and uh, in that case you should bury the person as soon as you're able to. Um, this has happened in the past that certain Muslims have died, uh, and their janazas are like take a week or like a week and a half or several days uh, uh, for them to be buried, uh, and uh, you know people will be like, oh that's horrible, how come they didn't bury him right away? So, okay, there may be some extenuating circumstance, Allahu Alam, you know, and at any rate, the, de- the deceased person, it's not their choice either. Or is it? We'll get to that in a second. But, you know, it's not their choice either uh, at first glance. And then on the flip side there, people like try to justify, no, this person's famous, people have to come to the janazah, they have to make this arrangement, that arrangement. There's no justification, it's wrong. 
and it causes annoyance to the person. Uh, uh, and yes, it is possible for uh, people to do things that pain, pain the, the deceased. And just like things that people do to pain the deceased when they're alive, uh, all of those things, Yom Qiyamah, will be settled. People will be punished for those things. That's also the, the, those things, they, they get settled afterward. This, the, the, the way Islam says that we should treat the body is as if the person is actually still alive. So if somebody, the body is on the table when you're washing it, be gentle with how you wash the person. It's not just like a, you know something from you know like an inanimate object like a mannequin you bought from Walmart. I don't think they sell mannequins at Walmart, but at any rate, you understand what I'm saying. You're not you, you know you don't make sure the make sure the water is not so hot that it scalds the person and things like that. Why? Because we are we're mukallaf that we have to treat the, the 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 body of the deceased as if they are, as if they're still alive. That's why we don't do all this weird embalming and just weird just weird stuff people do. I don't know for some reason Europeans have this like really really dysfunctional. Uh, uh, I shouldn't say Europeans because there's a lot of Muslims in Europe. I'm saying uh, non-Muslim Europeans have this really weird, uh, 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 in fact, unchristian, like pre-pagan hangover for how they treat the dead. So the way they, what they do in like many churches in 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 Europe is they'll bury the body for like a, for a year or two, and then they'll take the bones out. And then they'll like throw the femurs in one pile and the skulls in one pile. And what's the point? Why, why? Why are you doing all of that? It's really weird. Uh, and they have all these other things like they, they're, you know, like uh, they uh, now the new thing is like they're putting a person in like sodium hydroxide or they'll like shatter the body in like liquid nitrogen and they'll do this with it and that with it. And they say it's green and it's better for the environment than cremation and blah, blah, blah. Just bury the person in the ground. It's been happening for a long time. It's about as green as you're going to get. I don't see how like flushing a, like 20 gallons of like sodium hydroxide water into the sewer is going to be greener than just burying a person. Or they actually do that. They'll say, well, we're having a green, environmentally friendly burial uh, with biodegradable shroud. And it's, it's called a burial. You don't have to, like, put a person, like, pump them up with formaldehyde and, like, you know, uh, mashallah, $80 worth of cosmetics and, like, in, like, a big metal casket w- with a concrete liner and all that. So uh, these people have all these kind of weird hang-ups with this. The idea is this, is that that person, you treat them with respect and dignity because the person who's going to, like, weird like cut the body in strange ways and drain the fluids out and like sometimes they take the internal organs out as well like when mummification they take like the brain out from the nose through through the nose with a hook and they like take the organs out because they cause the body to rot more um all this embalming and stuff like that if you can do it to a dead body um that human being loses their hurma they lose they lose their sacred sacredness and uh, it, it opens up the sadism in a person that they could do it to a living being because that door has now been kind of partially opened. To push it a little bit more open, it's not that big of a deal. So Islam, no, while the person is still, the body is still in some form that resembles that, that, that person during their life, wash them, pray the janazah, put them in the earth and be done with it. And this is something, uh, this is something all of you uh, uh, may have the chance to experience, which is what? The grief of that person's dying once they're in the ground, it, it lightens a little bit. It doesn't, everything doesn't become okay, maybe, but it lightens a little bit. That you feel like a, a pain in sadma that somebody died. Once you put them in the ground, you've read the janazah, the burial is done, you've made dua for that person, all of those things are done and you leave, you feel that something has become lighter. Because Allah Ta'ala, 
he doesn't take anybody away on La ilaha illallah uh, uh, except for what's in front of him is better than what's behind them. Even if the person is a sinner, even if the person is going to go to the, uh, you know, be punished in the grave or go to the hellfire for some time, eventually they're one step closer to being Jannah forever. And uh, uh, there's, there's a lot of khair in that. There's a lot of khair. There's an infinite amount of khair in that. More than, more than people know. So we'll read one more hadith inshallah and then we'll pray inshallah. وعن سيدنا أبي سعيد الخضري رضي الله تعالى عنه قال كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول إذا وضعت الجنازة فاحتمل فاحتملها الرجال على أعناقهم فإن كانت صالحة قالت قدموني وإن كانت غير صالحة قالت لأهلها يا ويلها أين تذهبون بها يسمع صوتها كل شيء إلا الإنسان وَلَوْ سَمِعَ الْإِنسَانُ رَوَاهُ الْبُخَارِيُ Sayyidina Abu Sa'id al-Khudri who narrates that the Prophet وسلم, said when the, the funeral beer is, is lifted and the men carry it on their necks um, if that person who died was a, a, an upright soul uh, uh, that soul will say, uh, go forward with me. Uh, meaning that person will be anxious to see what Allah Ta'ala has uh, prepared for them in reward. And if that person was uh, uh, not, not upright, uh, uh, they will say, or that, that soul will say to the people carrying it, uh, uh, what a curse, uh, where are you going with me? And... Uh, um, Everything, the animals will hear the screams, the jinns, everything. I don't know about the jinns, but the animals will hear the screams, the angels will hear the screams of that person. And they're so uh, filled with terror that if a human being were to hear it, he would have uh, 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 died of fright. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us uh, from the salihin that have uh, nothing to fear nor grieve about. Uh, and that when our time comes, which is going to be sooner rather than later, uh, that, that we're people of righteousness and we're people that, uh, uh, that w- are happy to go forward to what Allah Ta'ala has prepared for us.